With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Round two is no joke. This is where we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, for the first time in a long time, it feels like we have some actual real Sabres news to talk about. And I'm, of course, talking about the draft lottery, which took place on Wednesday evening. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it. The Sabres are involved in the draft lottery again. Stunning. Who would have thought? I couldn't. I, I just... it doesn't seem it doesn't seem real to me i have to pinch myself sometimes and think god did we really get this lucky nine years in a row of me caring about the lottery and folks we are that lucky you're goddamn Uh, right we are (laughs) so i didn't even know there was a lottery until i was in college i'm just kidding so um we now know after tonight's lottery that the sabers uh will pick first now, Brendan, I don't uh, really pay attention to prospects like I used to uh, because I'm just going to point to a graph of everyone the Sabres have drafted for the past 20 years. Um, but <laughs> don't I know a lot do of people, this. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people still do care, uh, like you, yourself. You do still pay attention to these young guys and guys that are coming up and who's going to go in the top 10. So now that we know where we're picking, does this change your thought at all or does it affect how you're thinking about this? Not really. No, it doesn't. You know, a lot of the big names, well, really the biggest name that we're hearing now brought up is Owen Power, who is, of course, a defenseman out of Michigan. He's currently playing top pair minutes, actually, for Canada at the World Championships. And he also starred in the show Rocket Power on Nickelodeon. He did. It was actually his namesake. Yes, it definitely didn't uh, stop airing before he was born. No, hundred. that is actually <laughs> disgusting to think about. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways, oh, so, it definitely did. <laughs> oh no, it super did. 
But Power has been the hot name who's been at the top of the boards. Uh, he was the number one North American skater by from Central Scoutings. I do not think that the Sabres should take him, no matter how things kind of pan out. It, it does not matter. The Sabres should be locked in on either Mappineers or William Eklund. Now, I'm willing to be probably you know convinced one way or another between the two of them i personally am leaning towards veneers just because of the fact that what kind of separates him from what they currently have on the roster right now is that he projects out to be a really 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 good two-way forward i know that's kind of dylan but dylan cousins is more of a power forward veneers is more of just a solid two-way forward who isn't particularly overly elite at one kind of specific thing, but he's really, really damn good at a lot of things. And he doesn't really have any glaring weaknesses in his game. And for what it's worth too, regardless of draft position, if we're being honest, we've, as we've now learned that taking a defenseman in the top three is extremely risky. You know, of course you have guys who are taken higher up in the drafts, like a Rasmus Dallian, obviously, you know, sticking close to home, but also, you know, your Cal McCars, your Miro Heiskanen's, but just traditionally speaking, at the top of draft, you are far more likely to hit on a pick if it's a forward. So I think that with that being said, I mean, Beneers yeah. is yeah. the guy that they're locked in on. And if Eklund ends up being who they take to as the consolation prize, I am very, very, very okay with that. So, yeah, I, I think we should throw in some negative examples. I know we did this recently, but th- there is quite a few defensemen who aren't even necessarily bust, but are just like, you wouldn't want them. You got them out of the top three. That's not good. Eric Johnson. Ryan Murray. I'm sure there's others. Yep. Well, I don't want to say the other one from 2018. I'm not going to say that, nope. but there's quite a few guys. Like if you look at the top of drafts and it's like, eh, that guy was top three. He's okay. Aaron Ekblad. Is that a first overall pick to you? I think, you do I, I think he's like, well, oh, it's tough to say with him because given how Drysdale has panned out, I think it's pretty obvious that he should have been the first overall pick with that being said though, Looking at Ekblad's career trajectory and where he was at this year and the level that he was playing at being a legitimate, like pretty dominant number one defenseman. I think that Florida's probably feeling a lot better about that than maybe they were like two years ago. We'll say, you know, he was kind of increasingly coming into his own. And I know we've talked about him a few times actually, but this year is is when like, he really seemed like he hit his ceiling. And if that's what you're going to get out of him for, you know, the next like, eight years of his career we'll say maybe even more i have a hard time thinking that florida will be regretting that too much especially because dries it'll place for edmonton and i have a hard time thinking that they're going to be able to do anything substantial in the playoffs true so i mean it's it's just be interesting i guess going to this draft i'm with you in drafting a forward in general even though like i said i don't know much about defensive prospects it's just that the sabers if they do trade eichel and reinhardt are really just going to have no real sure thing forwards like it's going to be Mm-hmm. it's kind of ugly like it's even I, more dire it's even more yeah, dire they already yeah. can't score and like my philosophy basically at this point is if they're gonna be bad they might as well be able to score and be bad mm-hmm. which i would prefer like I mean, it it's like the bills now which is killing me it's it's gonna kill me the bills not only were bad they could never score ever i mean we got really excited about ryan fitzpatrick for multiple years horrible <laughs> People were like in 2010 when we went four and 12, me, I was getting excited because I was like, wow, 300 yard passing games. Stevie Johnson, David Nelson, Donald Jones. David Nelson. Wow. I don't want to be like the team that's like, God, the Sabres lost 3 1 again. Ugh. 
I can't even think of that many teams that are high scoring and bad, but like, it's not really how it usually goes in the NHL. And I think also just to piggyback off of that, I think the other thing to keep in mind, especially, you know, you alluded to it before with the Sabres. um, How do we want to put this? Not great, pretty rough, or we could just jump to complete dog shit of draft history over the past, I don't know, 20 years or so. Do you trust them to develop a defenseman taken in the top three? Because I, I, let me get something clear here too. Let me get, yeah, that point is that like Owen Power may end up being fantastic. He's 6'5 or 6'6. He's a big guy. He moves really well. He has a lot of the tools that you would like and would project out to be, you know, seemingly he projects out to be a number one defenseman. However, as we have said multiple times on this show, as we've learned with Rasmus Dahlin, as we've learned with pretty much every, almost every draft pick of a defenseman taken that early, and just defensemen in general, for that matter. It takes time for them to develop. It takes much longer for a defenseman to hit his peak than it does for a forward to. And I think that, as we have seen with Rasmus Dahlin, if you're going to take a defenseman first overall, you better be damn ready to insulate him and make the transition to the NHL as smooth as possible so that he can fully see through his growth, maximize the parts of the game that he already that pretty much got him to where he's at while working on the things that he needs to shore up if he wants to be a number one defenseman. That's what you're looking at with Owen Power, which you're still in the middle of trying to figure out with Rasmus Dahlin. I'm not ready for them to bring on another defenseman like that where they have to try and figure him out too and figure out the best way to develop him when they clearly can't even figure out the way how to do that with the existing number one defenseman currently on their roster. Exactly. D- defense is an interesting spot for them right now. Like They still do have Dahlin and Yoki Haru who look, both look better in the second half of the year. And I think... To me, it's just you keep adding with depth, like Ryan Johnson at 31. Like, I'm not a fan, obviously, of the way Botro viewed defensemen like Johnson and Samuelson. Uh, but I am a fan of taking them, like, aiming for that in the second and third round more so than the first round. However, we are not good at drafting in the second round. We're even worse than we were in the first round. Can I just briefly read you this list I looked up today? Oh, I would it'd be my not honor. <laughs> because... Marcus Davidson is not getting a deal. He was our second round pick in 2017, Bottrell's first draft. And so I looked up, I, it was at the top of my head. I was like, the Sabres do not do well in the second round. It's worse than I thought. In 2001, they drafted Derek Roy, Jason Pominville, and Chris Thorburn in the same second round, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, Thorburn's not as good as other guys, but he played 800 games. A lot of the losers I'm about to mention uh, will not. So <laughs> here we go. Starting with 2002, Branislav Fabry. Mike Funk, Philip Gogula, Jonas Enroth, Mike Weber, TJ Brennan, Drew Scheistel, Luke Adam, Jeff McCabe, JT Comfer, Connor Hurley, Justin Bailey, Brendan Lemieux, Eric Cornell, Vaklov Krabacek, Brendan Gooley, Rasmus Asplin, Davidson, UPL, Samuelson, and JJ Paterka. That is everyone they've taken in the second round. Bro, don't be coming out here disrespecting my man, Vaklov Karabacek. <laughs> Karabachek, whatever the hell his name is. No, and also, if I could be honest, when I saw you tweet that list earlier out, I really thought that the first name was Brain Slave at first. And I was like, oh, he must be doing a bit or something because I too, my brain is also a slave to the Sabres. But I, I then soon after realized like, oh no, that is actually a real person and their name is not Brain Slave. That's, that's yeah, that's <laughs> no. the one I couldn't believe. Oh my God. My dude, Branislav Fabry. Oh, so we love you, Branislav. Let's get him on the pod sometime. Um, so <laughs> I was looking at this 
it just to analyze it, my thought is there are four guys who are too early to tell. It's everyone after Davidson. Jonas Enroth is an okay goalie. Um, who did I have? Oh, J- Jake McCabe's a decent Game. defenseman. And Mike Weber was not very good, but did play in the NHL technically. Uh, we got a decent bottom six guy, JT Confer, but for a different team. And a, f- a bunch of quad A guys like Justin Bailey types and Brendan Lemieux types. And then just guys that you never even never even got close. Never even went no. to Rochester or were like, okay, in Rochester, bad in Rochester. Man, we got to stop doing that. Hopefully this new strategy of not having any scouts works out. <laughs> because- the only way to do it. You know, it seems like they were paying a bunch of people who weren't doing a very good job. So like reverse psychology, you don't pay a bunch of people and maybe good things happen. Yeah. Or things oh, are just man. going to continue being miserable because it's going to be like throwing a dart at a board. Well, Brennan, speaking of miserable. Oh, no, this is not misery. This is well for them. It is elation. speaking of speaking of good things happening then. Yeah, baby. Pure <laughs> elation. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Ow! Oh, they lost in the deciding game of a series for the fifth year in a row, the sixth time overall in, in terms of playoff appearances. And I might die laughing. Because this time it was the trash Montreal Canadiens, the like 23rd best team in the NHL. Bro, Eric Stahl beat them. Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, oh. Shea Weber, all the stars hits. of the yesteryear, guys who have already signed up for AARP but wanted to give it one last ride. <laughs> and they beat this team. They beat one Absolutely. of the best, quote unquote, best teams in Leaf history, according to TSN. <laughs> oh, man. And they blew a 3 1 lead doing it. Do you Folks, not just love it? I, I, the thing is, is like thinking about us talking about this uh, leading up to it, like since the game happened and leading up to today with us recording this right now, I, I want no part of, of any kind of analysis here. I just want us to just keep saying, don't you just love it? Don't you just love it, Leafs fans? I, I'll tell you what, fans, are we having fun? Because I'm probably having, having the most fun I've had talking about hockey, maybe all season. Definitely all season. Okay, so I actually, my philosophy is I agree with all your all your insane takes up there, Toronto fans. You want to trade Mitch Marner for a good defenseman like Seth Jones? I agree. You should do it. Maybe about Rasmus Ristolainen Yeah, Marner. what about a bigger guy? I mean, Seth Jones is good and all, but he's not like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's not big, strong boy. He can't lift tires. Mm, he's not Rasmus Ristolainen. Ristolainen's Ristolainen. our big, strong fella. You know what? We should be fair. We should be fair. We can't we can't tell people Marner for Ristolainen because that is impractical. Mm-hmm. William Nylander for Ristolainen. Yeah. One for one. I, I think it'll go over really, really well. Like, think about it. Shea Weber was traded to Montreal one for one. I mean, and they just beat you. What yeah, if he's you still there. One for one trade that people think that you get ripped off on to help put you over the hump. Man, so I'm just saying, I agree. And Kyle I th- Dubas, I know you're, I know you're listening, Kyle. Kyle Dubas, you have to do something crazy because I just, I, I'm pretty sure you're aware that three years ago you were hired as GM when mm. Brendan Shanahan kind of stepped up into a larger role, and Lou Lamoriello and Mark Hunter had to leave. They were forced out mm-hmm. to, the, to Long Island of all places. That's basically like being sent to Siberia. And what happened? Except the Siberia underwent a, a, a renaissance. That's right. That's right. Siberia is basically South Beach now. And they have won <laughs> playoff series in three straight years. They were in the conference finals last year. And, and didn't even, the guy 
who's there, who is their best player for years that they couldn't advance in the playoffs with? John Tavares? He's on <laughs> your team. I'm not making fun of captain. John Tavares. I'm not making fun of him. I'm making no. fun of you. You're dragging him down. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. I, I'd like to just take a moment to remember all the people in 2018 uh, north of the border, the, quote, smart, rational, analytical types who scoffed at the idea of Rasmus Sterling being a first uh, pairing defenseman, you know, these stupid Sabres fans, how they could how could they believe that? Well, let me in turn, you- in turn, said that there was one. I saw two people agree. I will not name them, but they are a lot of followers that there's only one NHL defenseman who they or excuse me, NHL GM who they trusted to not do stupid things. And that man was Kyle Dubas, yes. who had just become a GM. Who had just become a GM and totally did not trade a first round pick for Nick Felino, you know, or bring in <laughs> Zach Bogosian or Wayne Simmons. See, that's the thing. Or Jimmy VC. Jimmy VC. Well, dude, that is the thing that I think is so funny. And people were rightfully so ripping on Pierre Maguire for this today because he had made the comment about being like, oh, analytic, the analytics darlings, Edmonton and Toronto, which like, first of all, no. Second of all, that completely ignores the fact that, you know, Colorado, Tampa and Carolina all embrace analytics and have pretty sizable analytics departments that lead a lot of their personnel decisions. But beyond that, Toronto is not even analytics driven. Like Dubas looked at them with their playoff exits over the past couple of years, specifically last year too, and said, oh, we got to beef up. He did what the hockey guys wanted him to. How many people, I got to go back. I wish I would have done it before this episode. How many times do you think Pierre Maguire had said something along the lines of like, oh, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs bringing in a big body like Nick Foligno. We really, you know, it's a great addition for them. He brings a lot of veteran leadership into the room and this is what's going to be put. I can pretty much guarantee Pierre Maguire has said something maybe 95% close to that. If we're being honest. 100%, 100%. They loved all these morons up there, loved Zach Bogosian coming in. They loved Wayne Simmons coming in. They loved it. And I watched those guys. I know Zach Bogosian won a Stanley Cup last year. Very good for him. That's very nice. He played a lot. I thought he should have won the Conn Smythe. However, I watched those guys, and I watched Jimmy VC. Those guys are terrible at hockey, and you saw that. I mean, Toronto does have some de- decent depth. Obviously, they're a better team than the Sabres. But they find themselves at a crossroad. And there's another team that we should be laughing at, and I think we kind of did last week, but just another reminder for them, this other team in Long Island, the Islanders, have a coach that came in three years ago and has won a playoff series every year there. Uh, His name is Barry Trotz, and he left Washington, where three years ago he won the Stanley Cup, and they did not want to resign him. So what happened after that? Washington has lost to lower seeds three years in a row in the playoffs. Barry Trotz has had a lot of success obviously now Washington I wanted to bring up for another reason though they are well nobody nobody has eaten shit in the playoffs like Toronto these there's I have no comparison for this but Washington definitely is an interesting comparison point in terms of young core running and do roadblocks what do we do and I think there's two two ways you can do this one is you go the Tampa route Tampa they have an early big run in 2011 very unexpected Mostly a different team in 2015. They go to the Cup, lose to a really good team in Chicago. 2016, lose to the eventual champion in Pittsburgh. 2018, lose to the eventual champion in Washington. 2019, get humiliated by Columbus after breaking the wins record. Swept in the first round. What do they do? Not much. And they brought in some, let's say, bottom six guys. Some guy, But some guys that are uh, well-thought-of depth guys, like Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman. And also Zach Bogosian, who sucks. And they kind of stuck the course overall, though. They didn't make any big, dumb moves. They didn't fire John Cooper. 
what happened? They won the cup. Washington, back way, way back in the day, they ran into a, a better team in Pittsburgh probably in 2009. At the very least, it was a seven-game series, very close. 2010, they get embarrassed by Montreal in the first round. They It's basically because of Halak. Halak is like a 950 save percentage. They outshoot him like crazy. And what happens? They panic. They hire Adam Oates. They try to – well, eventually, eventually they fire um, – I'm blanking on oh, Bruce Boudreau. Eventually they fire your Buffalo Bruce Sabres coach, Bruce Boudreau. Yes, eventually. And they try to turn Ovechkin into a shot blocker and they waste like five years in the middle of Ovechkin's career doing just dumb things and not being that good. And eventually they win the cup, obviously. But hey, you have two routes. And I say, Toronto, go the Washington route. Just listen to all the guys on the radio. Get nuts. Mm-hmm. Make Wayne Simmons a captain. He's tough. Can I ask you a question, Taylor? Yep. How many first round uh, playoff exits did you say that Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander have had over the past, like throughout their careers, actually? How many is it? Five. And as a follow-up question, how many does Rasmus Ristolainen have? Zero. That guy's a winner. That makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? It's a little little suspect that, uh, you know, this Matthews cat, people saying he's, uh, he's really good, but... I mean, Rasmus or Stalinen, less first-round exits than him. I'm kind of thinking we should probably just do a one-for-one trade. It's only fair. Same, same. So one other thing I wanted to mention before we go, uh, Mitch Marner has five goals in more than 30 career playoff games and none in his last 18. Again, Kyle, we will take him off your hands for a gently used Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, i do that trade, obviously, but... Man, it's a lot of money. Got to make it is a lot of money. (laughs) It is a lot of money, but the Sabres haven't made the playoffs since, you know, the Obama administration. So I'm going to, I'm going to overpay a little bit for a guy like Marner and hope he figures it out in the playoffs after we actually goddamn make it true. All right. So that's it. I got to go see the other Toronto team, the good Toronto team. Some are saying uh, play baseball in Buffalo. So friends, it was great talking to you and, uh, you know, God bless. <laughs> God, God bless. <laughs> oh, and if you don't hear from me Sunday, it's because I died laughing. Oh, man. Wow. It's a beautiful day to hate the Maple Leafs, just like every other day. Well, anyway, everybody, as Taylor had said, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Hockey Podcast Network, we're right in the thick of the playoffs now in the second round here. A few really good matchups going on. And the Hockey Podcast Network is where it's at for getting all of your NHL coverage, these playoffs, and especially now that we're heading into the offseason a bit with the draft lottery, of course, having taken place now. The draft is only a short while away. The expansion draft is coming down the pike soon. So a lot of exciting things happening in the Hockey Podcast Network is where it's at to get all of your NHL news and notes. And also make sure you check out Buffalo Fanatics as well. Bill's OTAs are underway now. We get to see pictures of Josh Allen and his beautiful visor that I really, really hope he wears someday. Um, Stefan Diggs, he's awesome. Emmanuel Sanders, number one, wide single-digit wide receiver. Sign me the hell up for that. A lot of really cool Bill stuff happening, though, right now. 
potentially some free agent signings too looming as well with, or even potentially trades actually with the recent restructuring of Stefan Diggs's contract. So a lot of things happening there for the bills. Make sure you're checking out Buffalo fanatics. There are many podcasts along with the great content that they're pumping out and the video work that they actually do as well on Twitter for all of your bills, interests and intrigue. And make sure you're checking us out too. Straight Up Sabres on both Facebook and on Instagram. You can find us at Straight Sabres on Twitter. And make sure you are subscribed to us on your streaming platform of choice and following us on our respective social media, our personals, I should say, social media accounts as well. Ziggy has joined the chat, everybody. So this is a great time for us to sign off. Thank you all so much for listening. Ziggy says his random Sabres player of the week is Brainslave Fabry. (laughs) That's the only random Sabres player of the week. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Monday. This is Straight Up Sabres. (laughs) 